0: OK, I'm going to go ahead and get started. So good morning, everyone. Thank you all for being here. Um, as always, before we get the sh- um, the show started here, um, those of you all that just joined, if your mic is not muted, go ahead and mute that now. Make sure your camera's off. Uh, when we take questions in a little while, uh, if you would like to unmute to ask your question, you can do that. You can use the, the hand raise icon to put yourself in line for that. Also, as we go through the session, uh, feel free to drop uh, questions into the chat and I can relay those uh, after Allison's presentation in a minute. So, all right, what we have today is we have Allison coming in to talk to us about predictive index. Uh, This is something that she's been working a lot on and she has a lot of knowledge on this. Uh, We also have some resources for you afterwards. Uh, This is one that uh, after we get done, if you uh, know anybody you think might benefit from this, as always, this is gonna be recorded uh, and I'll send out the link to the recording afterwards. So please uh, feel free and please please do send this to, to other people. Um, that you think might benefit from this. Um, I'm looking forward to this one. This is a really interesting topic. Um, I went through a course with Allison on this, but she's been working with it more more intensely than I have, so she's she's more the expert here. Um, but it's it's really interesting. Um, and there's a lot of things that um, kind of floating around about uh, predictive index that um, that uh, we, we if you don't have any context for them can can sound a little bit confusing. So uh, it's uh, this is this is going to be really interesting. Um, so what I'm going to do now is I am going to pass off to Allison. She's going to go through a presentation, and then we have a few people um, that have been working with Predictive Index that can jump on and kind of give some testimonials and give some advice, and then we'll take questions after that. So, Allison, take it away.
1: Thanks. Let me get that going for you. Let's see. Okay. So, a few things to talk about Predictive Index. Um, When you receive a Predictive Index assessment, there are actually two assessments that go out. You have the behavioral assessment and then you have the cognitive assessment. Um, The behavioral assessment, what we're really trying to capture there is a person's workplace behavior. How are they going to show up to work? Uh, What are the things that drive them? And what are the behaviors you're going to see the most in that individual? Uh, When used for hiring, we're going to use that in conjunction with a job assessment or a job target. So in predictive index, we work with stakeholders to create job targets that are essentially gonna measure what behaviors we think make someone a good fit for the position. That's not to say that you have to be a perfect fit to be selected for that position, um, but we're looking for certain behaviors that would be stronger than others. I will tell you that all of our great recruiters are actually PI certified, so they know how to read everything in PI very effectively themselves without my assistance. The assessment, the behavioral portion, it only takes six minutes. It's real quick. There's no time limit to it. um, And we're measuring four behavioral drives the dominance drive, extroversion, patience, and formality. I'll tell you more about that here in a second. Um, And then after they take the test, what I like to do when I send an assessment is I make sure that those behavioral uh, assessment results go right back to the test taker. So they're immediately able to see the results. And then they're assigned a reference profile. You may have heard those profiles profiles listed as like captain or operator um, analyzer those there's 17 of them. so they, they group you in that and that just says that um, those behaviors are going to be similar in these people not that you'll you know you'll have three different people or five different people in that group that are all behaving the same that's not to say that. So let's talk about the cognitive portion. This is the portion that gives people some anxiety but it's not an IQ test. Um, want to make sure we understand that real good so it's we put that with a job assessment also so when we make that job target assessment it's going to say let's say for example that we're looking for a score of 250 for the individual we're looking to hire for that position so we're going to line that up that's part of the how you would match up to that particular job you would have a similar score now with, within Um, that target, usually we look at a 30-point range as someone who would be a match for that. Now, this is a time test. It takes roughly 12 minutes to complete. It's going to measure numerical, abstract, and verbal skills, and then you're asked to answer 50 questions. You probably will not get through all 50 questions. Um, What I suggest, if you haven't taken it yet, when you go to answer those questions, just answer the ones you can and then move on. So, again, these are the drivers that we spoke about earlier, but you're going to see them show up on the graph as A, B, C, and D. And I'll show you more about that later. But I want to make sure we reiterate that when we're looking at a person or using PI to hire, that we evaluate the whole individual. So, PI is only going to show us one portion of what that behavior looks like in a person and how that person might qualify for a position. But it's really not going to consider their education, their knowledge, their skills, experience. Um, shared values, how they might be a great cultural fit here at Rush, it's not going to look at any of that. So I don't want you ever to think that PI is something that we use solely to make a hiring decision, a promotion decision. It can be used for several things, but it's not a standalone tool. So when we're looking at results, um, we're going to see three graphs come up, and those three graphs are telling us three separate things. The first one is self. So you're answering questions about how you see yourself when you're answering um, the behavioral assessment. It's gonna ask you questions like um, how patient you are and how independent you are in your work. So this is how it's gonna show up. You're gonna see three graphs, but you're also gonna have the second one, which is self-concept. This kinda says, how are you adaptable at work? So let's say your work demands that you be very social, but you're not naturally that way. It's going to show a difference between be here and be here. You're going to see those differences. So they're able to push themselves to be what they need to in their job. The next is basically an average of the two. Okay, and this last factor, E, which seems a little weird, that's just telling us how we make decisions. Are you more subjective or are you more objective? Okay, when we look, I try to look at this one more often, the top one, the self chart, because that's going to be realistically how someone is going to show up at work. Yes, they're adaptable. I want to look at self-concept. But when I'm looking at their strongest needs, I'm looking at this first chart. Now we're gonna talk about strongest needs. See, we look at self again. Your strongest needs are gonna be the drivers that are furthest to the left and furthest to the right. In this case, you have A and D. That's not gonna make any sense initially when you're looking at it, but the good thing is is when we send behavioral results out, we also give you an in-depth guide that's gonna tell you what those behaviors look like or those strongest behaviors, how they show up at work. So in this case, this is mine, talks about me being detail-oriented, patient-stable, tolerant, but it's going to show you how those things are going to show up at work. So I always kind of say, use that as your cheat sheet. That keeps it pretty easy. The next thing I think PI does a great job of doing is it shows us some unknown skills you might not know about somebody. So we're not just using PI for hiring, but we're using PI to get to know our employees. So in a lot of cases, we'll do a PI pilot or rollout PI in a region, but we're using it more so so we can find out more about an individual and how they work and then how we can communicate with that individual on a, on a, to make communication easier and better. So, you know, if someone's very detail-oriented, when you give them a task, you're going to need to do some explaining on what is expected. Um, Some people like to collaborate and more, so others will be more independent. But these are things that you may not know about an individual or an employee, but now you'll have that insight. So that's what makes communication just a little bit easier. Now, PI also has tools where you have a one-on-one guide that I can send you for someone. That's not going to show up in your behavioral results that get sent out, but that's something you can request from us. It'll also have like um, management tools and how you can help motivate individuals. All that is available to you when you request it. But so you may want to put someone, let's say you're using someone as a mentor. You may want to find someone who might be more detail oriented because they're not going to go over or skip over steps in a process and then you're going to look for different things like someone who has more patience. But those are just insights that you're going to have that you may not have had otherwise. So going back to the cognitive. So when we send out a behavioral and a cognitive assessment, like I said, the behavioral assessment scores or results are going to be sent directly back to the taker, the test taker, but cognitive doesn't show up that way. doesn't not going to show up on that report. Now they can have those results. What we can do is if you'll email PI support at Rush Enterprises, I can get those scores over to the assessment taker. Now that's something they can choose to share with their supervisor or not share. Um, But I'd like to have them request it so I can give them some explanation because some people might feel a certain way if they didn't get the score that they wanted to achieve on that test or assessment. So the average score is typically a 250 but there's a huge range, and you got to think when someone takes that uh, cognitive assessment, we want them to be in a place where they can have no distractions and they can really focus on the assessment. Um, so if they took it at work and between meetings, phones ringing, they probably didn't do as well as they hoped to do. Now, there is the opportunity to take the assessment again if requested. But lower scores are not going to indicate that someone does not have a cognitive ability that you're looking for. So when I look at cognitive scores, what I like to see is if I see a lower score, to me, that means this person usually takes a little more time to pick up on something, but then they become an expert in that. Whereas higher scores, yes, they're going to learn rather quickly, but they're going to be more of a generalist rather than a specialist. So each position may require a different cognitive score. They may be looking for someone who's an expert. You may be looking for someone who can answer questions on a whole bunch of things, but they're not really an expert. So you got to consider that as well. Now, going back to the job target, when we look at a job target, PI defaults to having the behavioral be 50% and the cognitive be 50%. That's just the default. And we can go ahead and change that if we'd like. We can have the cognitive way less if we think of of it as less needed in a particular position. So the next thing we want to talk about is maybe debunking some assumptions about PI. What we try to say when we're rolling out PI in a region and we're looking for people to voluntarily take the assessment so we can have those on file, we really want to let them know this isn't going to tell us if you're good at your job or not. This isn't going to tell us if we made the right choice in hiring you, if you should stay in that position, We don't want them also to think this is negatively going to affect their prospects at a promotion. Because again, we're looking at the whole person. So if we're looking at their experience, we're looking at everything else that makes that person whole, PI is not the end-all be-all. It's not the deciding factor. Also, some people like to think that maybe there's one profile type that is a good fit for each job. That's not the case at all. Even when you look at a job target, and it'll list three profile types that would be good fits for that position, so there would be three listed. Results are also, cons- uh, we don't want people, I'm sorry, to believe that results are considered more than experience and performance. So when you're talking to an individual, we want to lean on their experience, you know, their passion, how their work speaks for itself, and then we also know that PI is applicable to all industries. So, it's not something that you can say, you know, commercial trucking or sales. This shouldn't apply to that. That doesn't make any sense. There's been a lot of scientific research uh, behind PI that says it can be used in all industries. And that's what I have for you guys today. Is there anyone who has questions?
0: Uh, Allison, uh, if anybody's typing feel free feel free to go ahead but uh we did get a couple of questions ahead of time so i'm going to go ahead and really relay those to you now um and i think i think i sent you these so they shouldn't i shouldn't take you too much press press uh but uh one of the questions was what are the variables that define this index and i don't know how much you can go into that because there's this is a a a pretty scientifically constructed tool but but in general what what can you what can you speak to that
1: yeah there's so there is a lot of science that goes behind um defining the drivers in that in the PI assessment. So again, we're looking at dominance, we're looking at um, those drivers that we mentioned previously. So those are the going to be the things that we're looking at that are going to speak to your results. But I can't really speak so much to the science behind it. it it's it's a lot. So there's been a yeah. lot of research that goes into it and it's been tested. I know the I think the American Association of Psychology is backed by individuals like that. So and there's never been a case where when we use PI correctly that we've ever there's ever been an issue or a lawsuit saying, hey, this this is a something that shouldn't be used because it's eliminating the wrong people.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, okay, yeah, uh, you can stop sharing your screen, by the way, I think, um, unless you wanted to go back to another uh, yeah. another slide. Um, th- uh, the next question, and these all came from the same person um, who's uh, particularly interested in PI, so, uh, and the next question was, how would that help in hiring where the industry standards are very fluid, say, service techs, parts managers, salespersons? Um, and I think the question there is, you know, he's asking about fluid, so the that if if what's needed from a particular position is changing um, over time, how do you use PI in that in that uh that context? Right.
1: Yeah, so we can always adjust the job target, and and we understand that there's times when you're hiring when you're not going to have um, applicants that that meet what may have been previously. Uh, desired in that position that maybe you don't have an ideal fit, but that's when we go back to looking back at the whole person and their experience and what do we see as transferable skills and what makes that person a good fit otherwise.
0: Okay. And the third question, and I just got one in the chat. I did recognize that. So we'll go back to that in a second. Um, and then uh, the third question that came in was, uh, what, how would what we offer as a company impact the index, for example, benefits, time off and location, mentioning things like, you know, if re- remote work is example. So um, how does that impact the in- index? How does that change that, somebody's fit for a job?
1: So it it doesn't change the PI index. So the index is going to come up with the same resa- same results regardless of if we're a company that offers outstanding benefits or if we had no benefits to offer. So that's not going to change the index. Now that can change um that can change how someone may be interested in us and how they may be a good fit, but you know, this is a, just one portion of how we're evaluating whether someone should be on our team, should be working with us.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Um, the question that just came in, uh, Paul asked if you could uh, reshare your presentation, go back to, script, to slide six and ask if you could mm-hmm. uh, go over that again.
1: Oh, okay, let me go back. Okay, so here's Slide six, so we're talking about strongest needs. Um, Again, strongest needs are the drivers that show up furthest on the left and furthest on the right. These are gonna be the things that uh, do not change as quickly. They're very steady. Um, These things um, are not something that, if they're way far to the left and way far to the right, that's not gonna be something that an individual can um, adapt to as easily and pulling back or pushing forward more. That's just going to be something that shows up very consistently.
0: So when you're looking at this, it's sort of an absolute value thing, right? So in this case, A is the farthest out, so the most important thing, I don't know if this is yours or if this is a random one that you pulled with no name on it, but uh, the most important thing to to this person would be to co- be collaborative. They also want to be reserved. They want to be steady, but collaborative is going to be the main thing that, that pushes more than anything else, correct?
1: Right. Yeah. So yeah. that's going to be the thing that shows up. Also, the thing that shows up is that they're going to be very detail-oriented, going to mm-hmm. be more precise in their work. So I would okay. say the two things.
0: Okay. All right. Um, Any other questions? Uh, If anybody either wants to raise their hand, I can get you on mic and, oh, Ross, go ahead.
1: Uh, Yeah, I think you might have covered it earlier. Um, I forget the term you used, but maybe it was like a PI launch or a PI project, but is the platform appropriate for uh, for use to just blanket my whole team or a location and and kind of discuss the way that we interact with each other and work with each other. Is there is there value in that? Is that an op, an option? Yes, absolutely. So th- we have done that in a few different regions and uh, with a few GMS. And th- what we do is we offer it to everyone. We're not going to exclude uh, a certain group um, at a branch and say you know unless unless that RGM says hey I don't think that that we should push this forward with that group. But there is value in having everyone take it. Ideally, what we'd like to see is having as many PI profiles on file for our employees as possible. And I think that just gives us more insight. That gives us um, an opportunity to communicate better with them and put them in um, projects and opportunities that allow them to thrive and use their skills accordingly.
2: And how would we go about setting that up? Who would we reach out to?
1: You can reach out to me. And we can talk Thank about you. a plan to get that going. All right, I'll bug you soon. Any- Thank you. Oh. You're
0: welcome. Uh, does anyone else have any questions right now?
3: I'd like to. I'd like to add to that too, Ross. Um, I have managers in my region. I'm Eric Johnson. I'm on the recruiting team. I'm on Hannah's team. Um, I have managers on um, in my in region in Paul Pankey's region that have given the PI to all of their employees. And then there is a one-on-one relationship guide that can get printed that Allison can get to you. They have used it in order to get better relationships with even the warehouse clerks, even the parts drivers. Um, it it gives you points on how the interaction is. Like Allison said, maybe some maybe some of them need detail in their description of what to do and some of them don't need that detail. And so she's been able to. It's been a, a game changer for.
0: Her. Yeah, Eric. Actually, I was just about to go to you. Uh, Eric is one of the people that's that's been working with with PI. Um, so you having spent some time on this, um, what uh, you know, what what insight can you offer to people if they don't have a lot of familiarity with this, and um, what advice would you give for people how to jump in?
3: Well, it, again, the the as Allison said, the predictive index isn't the end all be all. Um, when we package up candidates to give to hiring managers, um, it is it is a piece. Um, obviously, somebody that is not a fit and has 15 years experience in the, in the industry is we need to look at that 15 years. Um, you know that it is it is the the cognitive piece is is much more important in, let's say a sales role. Um, you need to use, the cognitive allows you to think more quickly on your feet, and on that sales role, that's an important piece. Um, like, like again, like Allison said, that that cognitive on the on something else, maybe it takes them a little bit longer to, to learn something, but they become an expert on it, and so that's that's not as big as critical. Um, Pi has been great. I mean, that's we we have Allison's now putting together um, groupings. You know we have one hundred and sixty six ASRs right now, and we're able to group who's who's what um, what profiles are uh, are most successful. Um so it's a great tool that we're just scratching the surface um, and 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 hopefully, as the year progresses as as the years progress, we're able to use it much more efficient uh, efficiently.
0: Yeah, great, thank you. Um, and then uh, Jorgen, I was going to go to you now, um, uh, Jorgen. If you could introduce yourself real quick. Jorgen's worked with PI um, from a managerial perspective, so I'd like to hear a little bit about uh, your experience with it. What are some what are some wins that you've gotten from using this?
2: Yeah, so we, uh, <clears throat> I, I'm uh, I'm the regional over the Mountain West region, and uh, we were the first acquisition, first large acquisition with International back in 2010. And my my introduction to PI was actually. 18 years ago, with Lake City Trucks, we actually used PI, but we didn't use it for hiring. We we did it more for uh, our current employees and management, more as a management tool. Um, and back then, you had to fill it out by hand, send it in. They'd they'd uh, run the test and send you the you, you'd pay for the scores. They'd send it back to you. Anyway, I did it then. We did it at the uh, ATD Dealer Academy back in 2007, and then I've done it a couple times since Rush. And one of the things I was interested in is. Would my PI change, right, from early in my career to later in my career, or different positions And my PA? Your PI doesn't change. Your, be, your, your behaviors and those things stay the same. Um, in the use of it, um, originally, like I said, we used it more as a, as a management tool. And like uh, the previous gentleman said, uh, the relationship guide is huge, right? I've been able to use that whether it's with my managers, whether it's with employees. If I've got a frustration I'm having with somebody and I bring them into my office, I'll review my relationship guide with that individual. How am I going to best communicate? Uh, You know, oftentimes it'll say, I I can talk over that individual. And so Mm -hmm. I can curb myself and tell myself, hey, I've got to take a step back and and take some time. So we've used it as that. Um, The other thing that uh, we use it for is when we get that PI, uh, and we're looking at that before we interview a candidate, somebody that we've never met, somebody that's just coming over to us from the recruiter, We recognize that just because that PI maybe doesn't say there's a match doesn't mean that person's wrong. Like you said, if there's 15 years experience on top of that, that's part of it too. The other part of it is, is our our targets are set for our most successful individuals in a certain role. That being said, every role there's a lot of fluidity. As as one of the gentlemen asked uh, on the questions, as an example on a on a truck sales or a a sales cognitive would be important and be able to adapt. But I've got Uh, one of our municipal or our bus salesmen, who's got a a pretty low cognitive. um, So he's a specialist and he kills it on bus sales. But in a a sales role like that, you need more of a specialist, somebody that's going to take the time to understand the spec, really understand what the uh, school districts need, and then be able to write that spec with those individuals. Um, And he's very, very successful, has huge margins on his buses and does very, very well with that. So just because the cognitive or the PI isn't a match in that in our target role doesn't mean that they're not a fit. Um, So when we get those PIs, we'll review those before we interview anybody. And as we interview them, I'll come up with questions specifically around their PI, right based off of, okay, the PI is telling me this, I'm going to come up with scenarios or situations that will allow me to number one, validate it, but number two, to see how they'll react to certain situations. Um, So we'll use it that way in, in interviewing and then We're one of the regions that we've offered it to all of our employees. Originally, when Rush first offered the PI, it was only to anybody that had been with the company three years or more. So we've got a lot of our legacy employees that we have that history on. A lot of our newer employees didn't. We've been able to gain a lot of that over the past few weeks with Allison's help. Um, And then what it does is it helps us when uh, even when we've got an open position. Uh, One of the examples that I've I've used in the past is we have a service technician uh, that was that we've actually moved into a truck sales role. Um, he didn't know if he'd have any interest or would ever want to do that. And he's he's more of a specialist, but he's now a municipal salesman for us and does a phenomenal job. Um, but he didn't even know that he maybe had some of the skills and attributes that that uh, led to being a successful salesperson. So I think it's a great starting point. Use it as a way, especially when you don't know the individual to, to develop questions, but don't assume just because it's not a match or the match is low, that they're not the right individual um and then the last thing we use it for is when we do make a hire let's say we've got an individual that we'll say is more of a specialist but normally we need more of a cognitive as as an example in asr we we hired an asr that was like a one out of a 10 match on the cognitive and behavioral was like a five or a six he's been a super successful asr but part of that success was us sitting down and going okay based off of his pi and his cognitive what are the right types of customers he needs to be calling on? And so those are the types of customers we've assigned him to. So we're not giving him customers that we know that he's going to struggle with, right? It's the customers that are uh, maybe more of a specialist are gonna need more of more of that specialty touch, et cetera. So um, there's tons of different ways you can use it. And if you only use it as, hey, they send this over to me and this person isn't a match, I'm not gonna look at them, you're using it wrong. You, you've really got to understand it. And when you're looking at that center line that the Allison was talking about, right? That center line of zero, the farther they are to the left or the right, the harder harder it is for them to adapt. But if it's close to that center line, it's an easier adaptation for them to move one way or the other to that center. So really understanding the PI, you've got to know what it is. Don't 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 take what is sent to you saying, hey, this guy's a match, this guy or gal is a match or not a match, and assume that they're going to be successful. Because I can tell you, we've had 10 out of 10 matches on both. They can't do it. The, the flounder and struggle. So this is just a great this shortens our learning curve as to whether or not these these people will be successful or or what questions or things we need to verify before hiring them or moving them into a new position.
3: Great.
0: And, Thank you and, so much, Jorgen. That's useful. Yeah, go
3: ahead. And I'd like to piggyback on Jorgen. When when the initial inter, um, information comes over from the recruiting team, there is also an interview guide that is attached to that. Um, that interview guide is going to ask them behavioral questions that you can get, that that will get them talking, get them thinking. So just like Jorgen said, that he he kind of caters the questions. That inter interview guide can help you also. So that's another piece that gets sent over with every candidate.
2: One one thing I notice is the interview guide oftentimes has a lot of the same questions, which is good, right? It's a good starting point. Um, but but take the time to develop some industry or look at their history on their resume and and in their previous history come up with some questions or scenarios based off what they're used to to be able to ask those questions as how they respond or or how they may react to a situation because if they've never been in our industry it's hard for them to to answer how they're going to do something so you know if they they were a paper salesman ask them come up with a question or scenario regarding something that maybe is is comfortable to them
0: yeah, thank you so much, guys. That's that's really insightful. And um, I had a list of things that if nobody mentioned, I was going to bring up and you guys hit pretty much all of it. So, so I really appreciate that. Um, I did have a couple other questions just come in. Uh, one was from Darren. I wanted to know if there are any uh, PI books you would recommend. I'm not aware of any. Allison, do you know of any?
1: No, I don't have any books. Now, I can send you a guide uh, that you can save and or download and save to your desktop that will help you read PI just a little bit better. It's kind of like a good cheat sheet. I'm happy Mm -hmm. to send that to you if you want to request that.
0: Okay. Yeah. So, Darren, I would would say just uh, just email Allison. You're what? Posey A. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Okay. Then the other one, Tracy asked an interesting question. She said, how does this reflect an individual who may have cognitive challenges such as PTSD or anxiety? Would it change if an individual may not have those challenges and then develop them? She's asking from a reasonable accommodation perspective. I know with the cognitive in particular, this can come into play. Um, What Mm -hmm. would your answer be to this?
1: So with either situation, you know, the PTSD, the anxiety, uh, we understand that that plays a part in how someone takes an assessment. now, of course, the behavioral portion isn't uh, timed. They can take as long as they want to complete that. But also uh, with the cognitive part, we can make accommodations that would allow them more time to complete that. And in some cases, I've seen where people just take the behavioral and don't take the cognitive. And, and we can make an exception for that as well.
0: Uh, and so in terms of, of you know, thinking about people's like motivating factors and whatnot, would would it be fair from from your understanding? Would it be fair to say that if someone has, you know, for example, a high need for collaboration, mm-hmm. that they're going to have that regardless of their level of anxiety? It's a matter of accommodating the anxiety, not changing the behavior. Is that correct?
1: Correct, correct. So it may be in the way they choose to collaborate. So someone with Mm -hmm. maybe social anxiety, maybe they still want to collaborate, but they may want to collaborate over email, you know, or or get Mm -hmm. someone's thoughts on what do you think of this, you know, that it may come out more like that, rather than maybe a face to face interaction. Um, There's some people that, you know, when they want to collaborate, you may want to ask them questions ahead of time and send it and then meet with them later. So they kind of have time to get through their thoughts Mm -hmm. and write something down before you meet with them.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's possible to be really introverted and also really yeah. want to collaborate with other people, which is going to look different from somebody who's super extroverted. So, yeah. All right. Any other questions? Anybody either want to raise their hand or send something through the chat?
1: And one other thing I'd like to point out: mm-hmm. when we when we put PI in a branch or a region, we're rolling it out, and we're asking people to optionally um, take the assessment. We provide a lot of support for uh, managers, RGMs. We're going through information sessions with them. I'm giving them talking points. So should an employee go up to their manager and go, what is this about? Why am I having to take this? Not that they have to, but you know, you can speak to that and show them the positive aspects of PI. We never want PI to be a negative experience for a person where they feel like they're just being judged.
0: I would guess, especially with the cognitive, it's important to, to talk to people ahead of time and. Make sure they understand when you're taking the cognitive, you're not going to get a low score and get fired. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly.
1: Yeah, Yeah, that's something. (laughs) And that's why, you know, we ask that you send us an email if you want to see your cognitive score or if an employee Mm -hmm. is asking for one. We ask you send us an email. I'll have a quick chat with them. So that way, um, you know, they understand the score a little better and it's not something, you know, they look at it and go, wow. Yeah. How is that going to affect me later?
0: <laughs> yeah, without the full explanation, I think it's humanly yeah. impossible to look at a number score on a cognitive test and not think it's an IQ score, which it's yeah. not, but, but I would it's imagine not, yeah. that's where most people's brains go. So, yes. Right. All right. Uh, last call for questions. Anybody else got anything for us right now? Okay, so I'm about to drop a whole bunch of things into the chat. So, One of the things that we have is, and all of this is going to be sent in the follow-up email as well. Um, What I'm putting right now is the link to the Predictive Index Course. Uh, It's Predictive Index Overview of Common Questions. That's within Rush University and you can just access that yourself. You don't need to email anybody to get it assigned to you, but that'll have some information in there. I'm now putting the PI support email address in there that you can email for help with PI Um, and then, the third thing that I'm putting in here is a file, and this is a job aid that Allison sent me. And. One second. oh, there it goes. OK, that's in there as well, and then the fourth thing that I'm putting in here right now is the survey uh, and. You know, I always do my little spiel about the survey. I really would appreciate it if you guys would answer this. If you want to do it right now, then great. If not, I will send the link afterwards. I really do look at that. Um, You can give uh, feedback based on this. If you have follow up questions for this, you can do that. Um, But also uh, importantly about the the program itself, you know, I really do look at that and that's really driving how I'm trying to develop this program. Um, So uh, looking forward uh if you have any ideas for sessions or anything you can email talent development or you can email me directly um that's also in the in the the survey um and so you can look at that i am going to be taking next month off and then we'll be back in october um so be on the lookout for that Uh, anybody that uh that attended this session i'll send you a notification it'll be on rushnet but i'll also send you and then i'll send you an email that'll say, hey, we're going to be back in October. Here's our content. And I'm hoping to have some new features to the program to make it a little bit more robust, a little more collaborative, and a little bit easier for you guys to access it. So, uh, you know, big news on the way. Um, All right. Well, Allison, this has been fantastic. Very informative. I really appreciate your time today. You did a fantastic job, making everything really clear. Uh, And again, if you look in the chat, you do have some resources for you there. So thank you very much. Thank you. All right. I appreciate everybody being here today. Y'all have a good day.